this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Hi, this is Clinton from the Comedy Forecast podcast, found right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Found? Was it lost? The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17. You there, you're under 17, yes, yes, I can see you. Go somewhere else. We'll wait. Okay. Hello and welcome back. This is the 2005 Pendlebrook International Pantomime Classic here on Sportsquell. Sportsquake. So it's like the printer cut off half a word there. Anyway, I'm here with my partner, Rory Stewart. How are you doing, Sid? I'm good. And I, of course, am Sidney Ramsey's the second. And you are here for some truly, truly amazing. It's a beautiful day here in Bozeman, Montana. Oh. Couldn't have asked for better weather. Could not have asked for better weather at all. It's got a nice light breeze to the left. It's not going to throw the mimes or off is too there? badly. Or, is, it, well, or is there? Is there what? A light breeze. Is there? A, you can't a, tell. You can't tell. That's going to put them in the right frame of mind. But frankly, this being a mime open, you can't really tell how strong the wind is blowing here until the players get out there and give it their all. If you're just joining us, uh, it's right after the opening ceremony when we had three minutes of silence. No, that was not a technical mistake. That was no, indeed. the National Collegiate Mime Association based out of Newark, New Jersey. Uh, their marching band was just performing America the Beautiful. Yes, the Invisible Brass Band. It was quite a sight out there, too, uh, watching everybody sit there. Very powerful. Sit there miming along to the national anthem, and I think before they were doing the Liberty Bell March, before the cameras came on. I yeah, think, I couldn't quite tell no, what I that couldn't, was. There were, there were a lot of triangle shapes in the air that looked like they were being hit by something, but I wasn't entirely too sure about that. And it was a lot of oompas, and you could tell by the way they were moving their mouth in the, the march. It was very inspiring, I, very patriotic, oh. very... I, Sid, if I'm not mistaken, I... I believe I saw a tear in your eye. I, no, yes, you did, Rory. It certainly was. It did move me to tears. It certainly did. It was a very, 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 very moving moment of three minutes of silence there for the opening ceremonies here. And you can see the players are beginning to take the field. You know, the most, you know, one of the most inspiring things about pantomime classics is there really isn't any, there's really no sort of ethnic uh, barriers here. Everybody's oh, no, white. no. It's across the board. Yes, but everybody's white in the end. So I suppose that has caused a little bit of problem in some places. We tried to, uh, to do a little ethnic diversity there, but people wound up showing up in blackface, I believe, and that turned out to be very bad. In any event, uh, first up, we have the... Uh, oh, here we are, lighting the torch. We're getting to that part here. A special... The parapantomime team leader, Horatio Toole. Uh, he's Such a courageous athlete. Courageous young man. He's the representative for the uh, para, paraplegic uh, mime team over there. Who does, uh, what is that major, that major thing that he does, the, the, the first one? He's um, well, what I've always been most impressed with is uh, his falling over against the wind. Very inspiring indeed. Really, really beautifully it's done It's so there. believable. And the way his wheelchair just tips right over. Yes, and, and banging his head against the wall of the invisible box too. That was mm, a yeah. brilliant, brilliant maneuver. It's just beautifully done there. And very, very, very courageous young man. But who can forget the uh, horrible, horrible 
Quite a scandal. Scandal. Yes. Of of 2002, when um, one of the members of of the U.S. team was caught greasing their axle, yes. to, trying to attempt the impossible, which is the roll backwards against the wind. I know it was very much a black mark on the day for pantomime, but pretty much we've uh, seen a recovery from that, and it's nice to see the pantomime classic in full swing once again. Now, Horatio is uh, approaching the beautiful brass brazier. Very with, ornamental, yes. Yes, and as as is in typical. Yeah, very typical for him. There, uh, is, there is nothing inside of it. Um, it appears that he may have lit the torch. Yeah, possibly he's leaned it's, his head over with the fake, with the invisible torch in his mouth. And it's, it's hard to see. He's looking oh. in. Oh, he's warming oh, his he's hands. Oh, he's warming his hands. Very yeah. good, very good. And, uh, oh, look. oh my gosh. It, he's acting like his shirt has caught on fire. And here come That's, the officials. That marks the beginning of they've, the... Uh, they've knocked him over. They're rolling him an invisible blanket. Very good, very good. Oh, very, very good. Yes, that was the opening opening torch lighting ceremonies here at the 2005 Pendlebrook Invitational Pandemime Classic. And uh, this, of course, is the championship round on our last two contestants here on our last day of the Classic. Uh, it's actually the first day, it's, too. It is the first and last day. The competitors will whittle down well, very quickly from a... It's a very fast-moving sport. Very fast, sport. first fast-moving sport. I believe we had over 3,000 contestants, and they were whittled down to two. And how long was that again? Um, I don't know. I was out to lunch. No, I believe it was about 40 minutes. Very, very competitive sport. Veritable gallons of invisible tears were shed. Yeah, lots of frowny faces. Uh, and I believe they're all uh, judged on a, uh, a very rigorous array of... of well, the, the basics of miming, really. It's really just sort of the journeyman miming, straight out of mime school sort of thing. Such as, yeah, uh, there's a, the, lot of, a lot of young guys out there. A lot of, some girls, too. The universe, a lot of, not a lot of women are attracted to miming. I'm not sure exactly why. There's uh, been they're a lot not of, attracted to mimes, either, as no, I recall, not, exactly, on that my tour on the circuit. Yes, that's, that's true. Not a lot of mime groupies out there, and the ones who are, are well... Although I hear they're screamers sometimes, but we'll leave that aside. But some of the things they're judged on, I believe, are uh, such uh, as... Uh, silence, I believe, yes. is the first and foremost. Keeping quiet. That's where the biggest elimination went off, I believe. I, was, I believe we lost about two-thirds of all the contestants just during the silence round alone. And, and uh, uh, also makeup. That's true. Makeup. And uh, stripy shirts. Stripy shirts. White. Uh, with these regulation white face, black lips. Um... The stripy shirt, of course, these typically French-style stripy shirt is worn by the inimitable Marcel Marceau, possibly a beret, although that's considered bad taste these days, I believe, isn't it, Rory? Oh, yes. Very, very poor taste there. Well, well uh, enough of this. It looks like our first contestant is uh, uh, approaching yes. the field. Yes, it's uh, Pipkin Thomas from the beautiful home state of Florida. Uh, Sarasota, I believe. Uh, Sarasota. Have you ever spent any time there? No, I haven't, Rory. Uh, I have, but I was just at the airport. Really? Was it nice? I suppose. Mm, very good. And Pipkin uh, Thomas, 19 years old, from uh, Sarasota, Florida, where he attended the Florida School of uh, Nouveau Mime. From which he actually uh, dropped out Indeed and developed his own theory mm. of mime. Very, very controversial figure here originally, and I believe he called it Zmime, which was very... Uh, uh, actually, that's X-Mime. Yeah, that's because the hyphen was left off of all the merchandising t-shirts, and so from that point forward, they decided to call it simply Zmime. Uh, no, actually, that's just you, Sid. You take things too literally. Indeed I do, Rory. Uh, at any rate, uh, X-Mime, J-Mime, or Extreme Miming, whatever name you may choose to call it. Which mime? Really, the, uh, 
the most aggressive form of mimery to to hit mm. the scene in a long time. Yeah, since about 1981, I believe. That was when the uh, Peking mime team came over for the Open and introduced their brand of Shaolin mime. Yes, popularized with the uh, film, as everybody recalls, mm. Silent Fist, Chamber of the Shaolin Mime. Indeed it was. A wonderful film there, as I recall. Uh, it was a silent picture, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes, well, that of course, it goes without saying. Well, all except for the punch sound effects. Mm, yes, and the music. Well, in any event, Pipkin Thomas is going to be taking the field any second now. We're going to do a little pre-game, uh, pre-game interview here with... Uh... Well, uh, that's our new... Uh, commentator that joined us the 1998 and 99 Mm. world champion now retired uh former mime french favorite frenchy von mcfrenchsky very very brilliant mime everyone remembers the time uh, that he was working uh, back back then in the late 90s he really did revolutionize the form there didn't he and he works for us now Yes, he is a, a, a welcome addition to the team Indeed as a color is. commentator. Yeah. Wouldn't that be a black and white commentator in this case? No, it wouldn't. Yeah, Burry, you're absolutely right. Take it away, Frenchie. Well, that's all we need to know, isn't it? It's so incredible to get such an opportunity for such insight into... What the thought process is, you know, in young Pipkin's mind. Yes, it truly is. And the way he would sort of show off how he was going to bring forward. I I think this man, this is the man who may bring forth a new era in the entire mime sport. All right. Young Pipkin is taking his approach, uh, entering the field. That's the field we like to call here in the sport the Mimodrome. No, that's... Just you, Sid. You're absolutely right, Rory. So he's stepping up to the field. Let's get a little uh, commentary on that. Uh, he, this well, is his, which event is this again, This Sid? for him is the freestyle. This is the freestyle pantomime. Ooh, this a is, very formidable force yeah, on that the, mime field. But his strongest suit, as we've seen in the previous uh, in the previous elimination rounds, certainly, that uh, Pipkin is going to be really, really hard-pressed to deliver. He had a little bit of a falter in the first round, but this time uh, he looks like he's in pretty good form. He's warming up there. Now let's get to the action. He's it, ready for the oh. starter's gun. And there it is. No, wait. No, he's checking it again. No, it didn't go off. And there it goes. All right. Okay, Pipkin. Um, what, what is he doing down there? It appears like he's, he's he is in a box. He's in a box. This is very exciting. It's a perfect uh, What's the form? That's a, that's a typical uh, perpendicular hand formation there. Very good, very good form there. Oh, so, don't be so quick. It appears that box is shrinking. Oh, shrinking, shrinking, and he's he's keeping he's keeping up with it very nicely and very good there. He's looking for the corner. He's looking for the oh oh that didn't look he, like a ninety degree angle there. That looks more like a. He's oh, going to lose some button. points there. Yeah, it's almost he's trying to act like it's but, rounded. Oh, if he very, finds oh, that door, though. He's going to be getting towards the door. That's a very good formation there, too, for his hands. It looks like a very classic Marcel air press two-hander. And very good. It's, oh, oh, he's got a little bit of a falter there. Oh, and he has found the door. He's on the door. He's in, and, and he's out. And he's out. He he's nailed out. the dismount. All right, very good. He's looking around. He's feeling. He's feeling, and he's got. I believe this is the rope part. He's looking. Yeah, I think that is a rope. The clock is ticking on this one. He's having a hard time finding the rope. This he's got it. He's got the rope. He's got the rope. He's pulling on it, but it it appears to be attached to something very heavy. Very heavy. Very heavy. heavy. Probably heavier than anything I've ever tried to lift. He's not. He's not making good progress here. He has to get over to the next part of the wind field over there. He's not making any progress at all. He appears to be stuck. Whatever it is, he's not pulling it. Wait, seems to be pulling him forward now there he's being pulled forward there, there he's got it he's being dragged a bit and and uh, 
Still not exactly sure what it is he's supposed to be dragging oh, towards. Oh, wait. wait Hold on, it. Sid. It looks okay. like he's reaching down, he's patting something. Patting it appears to be a pet it's dog. A dog. It's a dog. It's very, a dog. Very convincing. Oh, look. He's, oh. he's pretending it's licking him. Oh, this is very exciting. I haven't seen any memory like this since at least and, 2002. And he's walking the dog. It's got him. Oh, it's dragging him back and forth in a zigzag pattern across the field. All he has to do is uh, make it over this? this, and then he's got to make it to oh, the other side. Oh, he drops the leash. Drops his leash. It appears there's a, been a huge gun. Gust of and wind huge in gust his of wind direction. Has blown him back. Now he's got to reach the leash and get to the dog, which seems to be appear to be in a little bit this of distress. This is very difficult. Very concerned. Very about hard the to see. Dog. It appears the wind he's is his stronger wind. than his ability to walk. It's pushing him. Oh, a beautiful while he's Marcel trying to make progress backwards into another invisible wall. Very good. He used the invisible wall to his advantage. There, he's reaching for the leash. He's almost got, and he's got the leash. He's got the leash. He's got the dog. He's reeling the dog in. He's pulling it up. It's pretending that it's licking his face, and he's trying to make his way against the wind. And he's down. He's down. He's down. Looks it, like he's... That's a did he roll his move. ankle? I'm not sure. I don't think that's a typical move. Was that a pretend? And he's now, laying there. Now, Sid, remember, this is freestyle, this is freestyle. Miami. It could be. Anything he's, is possible. He's still pretending the dog is licking his face, though. So that's that's a good sign. And he's trying to get up. And then he's up. And he is up. And he's back again. And he's down again. He's down again, clutching his ankle. I'm still not sure. It appears sure that the that uh, trainer is going out there with a stretcher oh dear. I, to I'm investigate. Oh, the crowd's not responding very well. It's, uh, it's, they're putting him onto the stretcher, I see. And, oh, they're moving him off. Yeah, they're to, picking him up. They're oh taking dear, him up. Oh, dear, this is going very well. And he's up again. He's up again. And he's up. Oh, what a, a tremendous feat of mimery. Beautiful, brilliant. So believable. Let's see. The, the, the crowd is going absolutely silent for them. Look at the appreciation with their, their, their hoots and their clapping. They're pretending to clap. Brilliant, brilliant performance by Pipkin Thomas of Sarasota, Florida. Rory, how are the judges reacting there? Uh, well, it appears that one of them is pretending to powder his Face. Yes, and the one well, is one is uh, unfolding a napkin. And judge number three is pretending to pour a glass of water. Looks like he's trying to. Oh, this is a very good score. So goldfish. It looks like a oh, goldfish. Oh, a goldfish. Flicking it aside, and that brings the score to a nine point three. Very good. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. He was kind of, you know. He was treated a little harshly by the goldfish judge. He was. He was a little bit marked uh, off. I, I thought have, that was just going to be a straight I, straight glass of water, but the, when he pulled that goldfish out. That that, ju- that particular judge there's name, that's uh, Stymie Masterton, and I believe he's very, very much of the traditional school of pantomime. Mm, yes. He doesn't like the new, the, the ankle rolling, I'm sure, didn't go over very well with him. That tends to hobble a lot of the nouveau school of mimes, as I recall. Next up, we have uh, the other finalist. Sauce Bottom Henderson. He is approaching the field. Yes, Sauce Bottom Henderson is a 22-year-old from Patagonia, the beautiful home state of Patagonia. Have you ever been there, Rory? Yes, but uh, only in the airport. Which is exactly where Sauce Bottom was discovered, as I recall. That is true. I was there, and I made the discovery. Did you very much indeed? And how was his form then as opposed to now? Silent as ever. Very good. Well, Sauce Bottom is going to be under a bit of pressure right now since that beautiful performance by Pipkin Thomas. And uh, that does put a little bit of an extra kink in his uh, fabrics, considering that he's uh, got a little bit of a problem, according to this. Yes, he's, uh, like many of these athletes, very impressive. But he suffers from the neurotic dis- ooh, neurological disorder neurological. of... Tourette's Syndrome. Yes, indeed. And that's always been a huge liability for mimes everywhere. Since pretty much the dawn of miming, as I recall, in the sport's beautiful 500-year history, I've always had that Tourette's Syndrome problem there. It's been a 
handicap for many a fine young athlete. But uh, it shouldn't be too much of a problem for him. He is the number one seed, uh, favored to win this tournament, uh, like he's won so many tournaments uh, around the globe. So I really think he's going to be able to pull through all right on this. He certainly has been a trooper during his career. But this is a winner-takes-all, really decisive as far as who gets to go to the Mime Olympics? High stakes, and certainly is. Well, he's been setting up there, and he's stepping into the Mime Drome and getting into position there. And there's the starter's gun, and he's off. And he's well, he's well, he's in the box, but he's doing that's an unusual. Oh, oh, I see. Yes, he's. Uh, oh, it's kind of Robotronic. Oh yes, he's trying to be. It looks like he's an android in a box. Very difficult double form there, trying to find the edge of the box, and he's getting the box is getting smaller. Pressing up against. Very good form, though. Very good robotic form. Bouncing off those four corners. It's a very classic Shields and Yarnell clinker form. And But he's having a little... The box just continues it's, to get smaller, He's Sid. bouncing off those walls. He, he's hitting his head on the ceiling there. It's pushing him down. Doesn't even he, appear very, to have any concept of where the door bad. could be. He's backing up from there. He's fed, looks like his, very tense. The pressure is his, on. His, his, he must get out of that box. He's starting to sweat off. I can see his makeup. He's found the door. He's found the door. He's getting... He's got his shoulder... Oh, my gosh. It gets, appears that the box... Has gotten so small got that it's his, caught on his he's, foot. He's got his foot caught in his leg. He's 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 cut. Oh, dear. oh, 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 shit oh my! That oh, that's such a promising young career. I think he's just. And, oh dear, he's broken. Oh, I think he's broken. That's this. instant disqualification. Oh, that's if, if my memory serves me correct. And I can see some of the assistants are coming over. They're trying to get the box. It looks oh. like he's swinging at them with, with a uh, visible. Bat? No, that's no. his fist. Yep, and, and he's actually he connected. Memory. He's connected there. He's kicked one of the assistants in the groin, and he's... With his box foot. Oh, dear, boy. He's didn't... The invisibility didn't help at all there. And uh, Pipkin Thomas wins the laurel of silence. Yes, he does. Um, being crowned in uh, with, uh, several hours after this, uh, after they tabulate all the scores. Um, but Look. if you... Fine day of miming out here. Go ahead. You were going to say something. There, I Rory. don't remember what yeah, I was going to well, say. Well, it's the tour de the tour de France of miming, such as it is. I suppose there it's uh, there they are. The mimes are all leaving the field now in, in silence. And that about does it for us that today. That wraps it up here. Um, we're going to have a break for messages, and if you stay tuned to Sports Quake, yes, we, we are having a very special. Special, special, extremely special program coming up just about after the, the history of the steeplechase. The steeplechase, the fascinating, fine, really. absolutely fine sport dates back long time. And we'll as sports go, though, as for me, it gets a little loud, but it does indeed. But certainly worth looking into. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be right. Sportsquake. We'll be right back after this message coming to a theater near you this November. Kevin Brunner was a typical bachelor. Hey, Kevin, how come it is you never had children? Well, I'm not sure, but I think the fact that I'm a very irresponsible adult, um, I have no qualifications or experience as a parent, and actively dislike children might have something to do with it. Yeah, but the fact that you recognize that means you'd probably be a really good parent. Well, you know, I really, really can't stand being around sick people. I hate the sight of blood, and I have no medical experience. Do you think that would make me a good doctor? Well... 
maybe, but his friends just wouldn't give up. Well, let's just say that one day, just just as a hypothetical scenario, uh, through a series of coincidental happenstance, you find yourself the unlikely guardian of a group of needy and downtrodden misfits and orphans desperately looking for a role model. Then what would you do? Oh, like that's ever likely to happen. But then something happened that changed his whole life. Mr. Kevin Brunner, for your single outstanding traffic violation, I sentence you to eight months community service as the unlikely guardian of this group of needy and downtrodden misfits and orphans, desperately seeking a role model. With all due respect, Your Honor, um, wouldn't it make sense to entrust the care of these children to someone who at least had a passing acquaintance with child care? Nonsense! I'm sure you'll find a way to meet their needs and learn a valuable lesson about family and conformity in the process. They may be misfits and they may be orphans, but Kevin Brunner is about to become their one hope for the future. So, what is it you kids want to do again? We want to win the Little League World Series. Or have a rock band for the Battle of the Bands. Or become Olympic hopefuls. Um, look, I, I, I don't know how to do any of those things, okay? Oh. Yeah. Sorry. This Thanksgiving, bring the whole family out for America's brightest comedy, Uncle Kevin. Mr. Brunner, according to my report here, all of the children we've left in your care are either hopelessly addicted to drugs or dead. Yeah, I, I tried to tell you this was a really bad idea, but you just wouldn't listen. Uncle Kevin. Even his heart isn't in the right place. Only in theaters this November. Sports Quake Special Edition Steeplechase What is Steeplechase? Who were the players? What is the history of this majestic sport? Tonight on Sports Quake Special Edition Steeplechase Well... As you can see, my job here is uh, I I'm in charge of uh, filling up the small the small pond with the uh, water. I use my garden hose yeah, here, and I, I, my job is to put the uh, little uh, those are the fences that we put up that the horse comes over and, and and stops at and throws the rider into the into the pond here that he's filling up. But uh, yeah, I've I've been doing this for some time, and uh, as 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 far as I can recall, uh, there's no. There's been no steeples to be chased. No, uh, yeah, nothing church-related or any sort of theological implications or any sort of church architecture running about the landscape or anything, so I don't know why it's called steeplechase myself. <laughs> but it is a really good rollick when you, uh, when you uh, yeah. horse this box. <laughs> Your box of, is a nice sort of bit of nob- nobility, like taking a header into a pond you know, full of uh, mud and... Manure. This is a bomb right up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> Steeplechase. Fact or fiction? Steeplechase. Man or myth? What are the origins of this majestic sport? For the first time, modern technology will bring to your TV screen the history of Steeplechase. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> Me knickers is all soggy! Um, are you alright there, Lord Pembleton? We'll get you up help. <laughs> right, 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 are you alright? <laughs> the majestic art of steeplechase traces its origins back to medieval England, where steeples ran rampant on ramparts 
destroying small villages, chasing both serfs, clergy, and noblemen alike across the English countryside, over fences and into ponds, where they became wet and very sad. It was at that point that Yield, King of England, gathered his most noble knights, who set forth with a decree to hunt down and destroy the scourge of these steeples. Whereupon the steeples were all killed and hung from the tops of churches across England as a warning to everyone. And from that day forward, these events were commemorated by the noble sport of steeplechase, which consisted of lower-class people enjoying watching filthy rich people being thrown from horses into filthy water. The End and that's Sportsquake for September 29th, 2005. You are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. Hello there, and welcome to Technical Difficulties for September 22nd, 2005. I'm your host, Kyan Chris Conroy, along with my co-host for this episode, John, what up? John Henry, back again after an absence. And here we are, just ready to serve up a whole huge heap and helping of comedy for you. Uh, so, John, you've been, uh, you've been absent from the scene of late? Uh, yes, I have. And so you have. <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> we'll be moving right along and just kick back and get ready for a nice big old heaping helping of comedy here from uh, from us, and uh, we'll be right along. Uh, well, right after this, this week's episode of Technical Difficulties is brought to you by. Ah, uh, forget it. And that's the end of our program. All right. Yep. It was a cheap joke, but we had to go for it anyway. So, uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you had your full day. We do have a special announcement to uh, to sort of make here. The uh, we have uh, we have a very special uh, collector's edition DVD coming out very soon. For oh, yeah. uh, it's going to be uh, sort of the best of technical difficulties. We thought we'd give you a little preview here. Talk about some of the uh, extra features. Yeah, it's gonna have all of the stuff that John and I have done, all the zoo patrols, all the uh, all the all the just the really cool stuff that's going on here in uh, TechDiff, TechDiff.com, and uh, it's gonna contain uh, just just all the cool stuff that you expect from uh, from DVDs uh, these days, such as uh, deleted uh, deleted scenes. Well, we don't have those scenes here so much, but we do have deleted jokes, and uh, we thought we'd give you a little preview of that right here. A guy walks into a bar and says, yeah. something about a penis. <laughs> Get it? That's really bad. We should never release that. Okay. <laughs> or, or this one. Okay, I got one. I got one. So this guy walks into a store and he orders orders um, vinegar um, to pour in his beer. And he... Uh... Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of a different joke. And uh, what else have we got to offer on there, uh, John? Oh... Uh... What, let's see what we got. Yeah, it's uh, alternate endings. Oh, the alternate endings. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's an example. I of think a we of have those. three, three alternate Th- endings. There were three alternate endings that we did for yeah. technical difficulties. We shot them all, but uh, only used one of them. Right, right. So here's here's at least here's one of the other uh, one of the other uh, three. 
So that's our show. So yeah, that's, that's our. Sh- that's the. Sh- oh, yeah. I thought I was no, supposed to. S- no, I was gonna. I'll. I'll see. Uh, okay. Well, you, you start. Okay. So. So that's our. I. No, I was. Oh, me. Okay, you. Okay. So, me. Yeah. You. you. What, me. No, you. Okay, you do it. You do it. So that's our show. That's our show. Yeah. Okay. And when, and I'm your host, Kyan Chris Con Henry. No. No. Wait. Or this one. So that's our show. Uh, I have to thank everyone uh, involved here, especially good old John. John, thanks once again for uh, for pitching in to help out here. What? And of course, as we all know, I mean, what DVD would not be complete without the commentary track? Yeah, uh, yeah, we, we have did, to have. You have to have it. It's I mean, obligatory, it's a and it really does give an insight to how the show works. I mean, you know, we we I think it's really important. I think it's great that there are commentary tracks on DVDs, and I think they really help the creative process along. So, uh, should you want to play the? Uh, should we play the excerpt? Yeah, that? let's roll it. And of course, as we all know, I mean, what DVD would not be complete without the commentary track? I'm John Henry. Really Hi, I'm, I'm Kyan Chris Conroy. And this is the uh, this is the commentary we, we, track for technical difficulties. Yeah, um, this uh, this part here was wasn't this uh, episode 29? Yeah, this is when we were talking about the commentary track. Yeah, I remember when we uh, did that part. Oh wait, that part's over. Yes, all the things you can hear on the brand new uh, uh, annotated. Uh, collector's edition DVD of technical difficulties, and uh, right, John. Right, and uh, that's our show this week. So that's thanks it. a lot for listening. You can contact us at uh, techdiff at tcinternet.net or uh, techdiff dot com, where you can leave a commentary, uh, vote on Podcast Alley, and uh, please uh, visit nosewatertokyo dot com for cool Japanese gifts. Uh, check out our video podcast at Channel Surfing Wipeout, chansurfwipe.libsyn.com, and check out my wife's podcast, Uncomfortable Questions, with Susan Grandies at suegrandies.libsyn.com, and Channel Surfing Wipeout and uh, Uncomfortable Questions can be found over at iTunes. And uh, John Henry here was one of the interviewees. Oh, yeah. And so uh, go ahead and listen to that. Why don't you? So uh, anyway, we'll be back again next week, and or, or at least I will. I don't know about you, John. Are you going to be back I'm moving. Bye. Thank you for listening to Friday Follies right here on the Mutual Audio Network. Please consider subscribing to other days of the Mutual Feeds, including Monday Matinee for classic, live, and theatrical audio plays. Tuesday Terrors for horror audio drama. Wednesday Wonders, our science fiction and fantasy magazine. Thursday Thrillers for action, adventure, mystery, and crime drama. Saturday Story Circle for kids and families alike. And Sunday Showcase, bringing you the very newest in audio releases for the week from our United Artists of Audio, right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together.